Hi, we're Visible, the wireless company with nothing to hide. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not into you. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Welcome back to another edition of NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. NFL Reacts is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Got a packed show for you this week. If you listen to last week's episode, we went through the AFC East and the NFC East as we get ever closer to the NFL draft. Tried to diagnose some needs, maybe potential fantasy fits or fantasy impacts of players they could be looking at on the board. So let me welcome in Kate Magic of DK Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co., we begin with the AFC West this week and the Kansas City Chiefs. When we were kind of organizing the, the show sheet and running through all of this stuff and everything that we want to dissect about each of these teams, the AFC West and the NFC West are the teams in the divisions that seem to have no first-round picks. Um, so like, it seems like every team in the division, except for a couple, uh, traded away their first-round picks. So maybe not... You know, day one fantasy assets, but still players that they're hoping they can get later in the draft that can contribute to these rosters. So plenty of question marks in these two divisions. So we begin with those Kansas City Chiefs, and we've talked about it a ton. They traded wide receiver Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. They've got number 29, number 30, as well as a lot of other picks. They've got eight picks in the first four rounds of the NFL draft. So that's plenty of ammunition to move up in the draft if they want. And the Chiefs are one of those fantasy football teams that like you just want pieces of those of that Patrick Mahomes offense. So uh, I'm curious how you guys feel about it. Like, are the Chiefs one of the teams that you're looking at? Like they have to come away with a top tier wide receiver in this draft, in my opinion. And I think they are going to be one of the more likely teams to make a significant move on draft day. I don't think they necessarily like it's not a do or die situation, but I mean, with 29, with 30, I think they're in an interesting position to maybe slide up in the first round and take one of these top-tier wide receivers. I've said it before. I think there's going to be plenty of wide receivers off the board in the first round, maybe upwards of five or six, which feels like a lot to me. But, um, you know, I, I keep going back to Drake London, to a, a guy like Chris Olave or a Garrett Wilson. All three of those guys are players that I don't think are going to fall to them at 29 and 30, but I think could be immediate contributors to this offense. Um, and, and maybe won't fill that large Tyreek Hill shaped hole in their offense, but they'll, uh, you know, they'll come close. Yeah. I think that's the key is the moving up part, right? I I, I don't know if there's going to be a wide receiver for them to take if they just sit back at, at 29 and 30. Um, you look at the consensus draft board right now as Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jamison Williams, and Chris Olave all going between nine and 17, which I think is pretty much where we expect them to go. And then uh, Traylon Burks at, at 23, then it's Jahan Dotson at 30. The next guy is 41, Christian Watson. Um, 
the Packers brought in and they're, they're drafting in the same range, right? So the Packers obviously have as big of a hole at wide receiver, if not bigger than the Kansas City Chiefs. They're not bringing in a Garrett Wilson or a Drake London in for visits because they know that he, they're not going to be there. They're bringing in um, Traylon Burks and George Pickens from Georgia. So I think that's kind of interesting. So if they're sitting back, it's going to have to be someone like a George Pickens or someone like a Christian Watson where it's just like we're taking the upside. Obviously, there's some sort of red flag with Pickens. It's coming off of his ACL injury. Um, I think he only played 60 snaps this past season. Uh, Christian Watson, obviously, it's going to be, you know, the jump from the FCS level to the FBS level and then all his drops. He had something like a 12% drop rate or something like that, which is for reference, like six times more than what George Pickens had in his career, which is not great. Um, so I guess those are, if you're going to stick it out, those are the questions you have to have. So if, if I'm the Chiefs, I definitely load up some picks and, and, and try to move up for one of the top four guys in the class because they still need speed a little bit. Like what, what MVS brings to the table is nice, but Wilson, Williams, and Olave all can run. So I, I, I'd be trying to figure out some way to get my hands on one of them. And if Jameson is going to fall down draft boards just because, you know, he's coming off of his ACL injury, like take him and just match him with Patrick Mahomes for the next, you know, eight years and and you'll be happy about it. If Jameson Williams somehow finds his way onto this chiefs roster, that is a dream come true for me. (laughs) Like, and, and for fantasy really, because yeah, we want speed on this chiefs offense and, MVS and McCole Hardman are, are both guys that can just dust you straight line speed. And obviously Tyreek Hill could do that, but they don't have like that all around wide receiver on the roster right now. I still think that Juju has got plenty of juice left and I'm interested to see how Andy Reid schemes things up and gets him involved in the offense, but they need an all around wide receiver that they feel like they could build into like their next wide receiver one, because I don't think they have that guy on the roster right now. So they got to I mean, find that in the draft. James, James and a Juju Andy Reed has to be looking at them and he's like, that's my Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin, right? Like just lock that thing up. Salivating. Yes. yes. Let's, let's, let's make that happen, please. And yeah, you know, I'm curious how you guys look at Clyde Edwards Alaire. Like he's a former first round pick. I know he's only got a couple years under his belt. Obviously, the Chiefs aren't going to take a running back high, but with a, a class that's got some talented guys that you could get in the second, third round. Like, do you still view Clyde Edwards Alaire as a guy who's got potential RB1 upside, or do they need to add somebody else to that backfield in this draft? I still think he has uh, enough upside for me that I don't think the Chiefs need to uh, chase the position necessarily. When we've seen Clyde Edwards-Alaire be healthy and utilized, he's been a pretty solid running back on the ground. I think they can do more to unlock him in the receiving game, which was such a huge part of his role at LSU and what made him uh, a first-round pick for the Chiefs in the first place. So, I think, uh, you know, definitely finding a way to unlock that portion of his game will take him to the next level. And, you know, perhaps the Chiefs are looking at, um, you know, a a running back on day two or day three. But I don't think there's anybody that really moves the needle for me um, at this point when I look at Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah, I think looking at this draft class, there isn't anything that would really make me think Kansas City is going to go high enough at running back to really change kind of what their backfield looks like, right? Like unless, 
unless it's like a round three pick on a guy like James Cook, who's been able to do a lot of cool stuff out of the backfield. And maybe they envision him in like the Jarek McKinnon role. And we saw how that kind of developed later in the season. Unless it's something like that, I'm not really worried about Clyde Edwards Alaire, at least in the immediate. Yeah, I think he's still going to be a fantasy asset. And they did sign Ronald Jones. It's just that we know who Ronald Jones is as a player. Like he can be a dynamic runner, but that dude is just not going to catch passes out of the backfield. <laughs> like he, he's just got cinder blocks for hands, and that's not a part of his game. They haven't utilized Clyde that way. But I've been screaming for years at the television, like, come on, let's get Clyde to the passing game. Let's see what he can do there because I feel like we just haven't even explored that with him in the NFL so far. But I just wanted to get your guys' opinion on that because I think a lot of Chiefs fans probably are frustrated with what they've gotten out of Clyde so far, but he's also had some injuries so far in the NFL career, so maybe those criticisms aren't necessarily fair. Uh, Moving on to the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, we know that the Chargers need big help along the offensive line. They need another tackle bad. But the way this thing is kind of shaping up after the Saints pulled off that big trade with the Philadelphia Eagles seemed like the Saints wanted to make sure they could get into a good position to make sure they still get one of the top available tackles on the board. They lost her on Armstead, so they've got a huge hole there as well. If that winds up happening, I, I think the Chargers, I think that is where they want to go in the first round. Like in an ideal world at number 17, they get that other tackle. They sure up their offensive line. Justin Herbert's protected. They can get another wide receiver later in the draft. But if not, and we mocked him to the Chargers on the Wednesday show, Justice, like Jamison Williams with Justin Herbert, we just talked about how incredible that would be with Patrick Mahomes. It's the same feeling with Justin Herbert, a a guy like that, or even if uh, a Chris Olave is there, somebody like that, or Garrett Wilson, like any of those guys, get them with Justin Herbert, and I'm going to be really excited about it. I could definitely uh, like see the magic there at – number 17 but i mean i just don't think that they necessarily have the need to take a first round wide receiver though i think it would be so fun to watch um they just got mike williams on a 60 million dollar extension i think they're pretty happy with that uh, especially considering some of the other deals taking place inside the market right now uh it feels like they kind of got mike williams at a snag where they did and just at the perfect time Um, But I mean, like, why not, uh, you know, take one more step towards shoring up the offensive line? Um, You know, depth at running back definitely, I think, is something that they need to take a look at. But I just don't like you can't take a Brees Hall there at number 17. Like, there's absolutely no way. So maybe, you know, looking into the the second round, uh, like, say a guy like... uh, I don't know, a, a Kenneth Walker fell to them in the second. I think that would be kind of sexy because I feel pretty satisfied with their receiving core. Imagine uh, a, a Kenneth Walker who is like the best pure rusher in this class alongside Austin Eckler, the best receiving running back in the NFL at this point. Like that would be fun to watch for me. I guess the big thing at wide receiver is like, is Keenan Allen going to get another deal with the team, right? I guess that's the big question. And he's aging. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm I'm just uh, – I'm used to Packers fans just trying to figure out, like, trade uh, trade compensation for, for any available veteran wide receiver. Keenan Allen's come up a couple of times. So it'll be interesting to see what that's like moving forward. At tackle, 
the big issue is just kind of where they pick in the draft. There isn't really going to be someone available unless they take a Trevor Penning because Evan Neal um, and Ikki Okwanu have both been rumored to potentially go as high as number one, right? I think everyone thinks it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson now, but they, they were rumored to be that type of talent. I don't think they're getting out, out of the top 10. They might not even get out of the top five. The next guy is Charles Cross from Mississippi State um, on the consensus board right now. He's eighth overall, so it seems like it's probably a stretch he gets past, like, Seattle, um, who has a, you know, gaping wide open hole at left tackle. If they don't get Trevor Penning, the next highest-ranked tackle is uh, 46th overall, Bernard Ryman. It just seems like that, even though it's such a big position of need, like if Penning isn't there, they're probably just going to have to wait a round or two and then grab someone like an Abraham Lucas, who's a great pass blocker, uh, actually played right tackle at Washington State. But tackle's been an issue for them, right? Like look at it last year where they had, you know, Panay Sewell coming in and uh, Justin Herbert was like, basically advocating for him coming in. They ended up getting Slater, but now they need the other bookend. I mean, they're in a tough spot, certainly. And there, there's plenty of ways that they could go with the pick. It's just they're almost in the Kansas City Chiefs spot, right, where you're in an arms race. The guys that you want at the your biggest position to need aren't really slated to go where you're drafting, uh, slated to draft in the first round. So you either have to package picks and move up, or you have to just trade back and acquire picks, basically. I, I think – like I mentioned in an ideal world, they get that tackle right there and they're like, okay, we are set for a while. We've got him protected, but I just don't think it's going to play out that way for them. And I I love Keenan Allen. I love Mike Williams, but I feel like one thing this offense still needs is that dude who can just flat out fly and and like develop into more than just a guy who's a, a straight line downfield threat. And so like a Jamison Williams, I think would be incredible. It's George Pickens is a guy who is getting all kinds of hype right now. So we might, we're seeing him shoot up draft boards. I, I think he would be a really intriguing fit there for the chargers. It's, it, I think it's tackle and then it's, it's wide receiver and then like everything else for the chargers. But if, you know, if somebody falls on the draft board, who's like consensus best player available, that's probably where they're going to wind up going. But I, I just want to see some explosive playmakers for Justin Herbert. The Denver Broncos, obviously they have Russell Wilson now as their starting quarterback. Uh, they still got some team needs. They still have some offensive line issues. Uh, they still could add some depth to that secondary. They need another linebacker. They do not have a first round pick, though. Their first pick comes at number 64 in the second round with that being said no high-end draft picks nothing till the second round do they need to target offensive line depth there in the second round we're we're talking about a lot of offensive line here or is this like a spot where they could try to replace Noah Fant who they dealt to Seattle in that trade for Russell Wilson I think it depends on how you feel about Albert O uh, which I'm not even going to go ahead and uh pretend that I know how to say his last name because I I try it I I listen to the little um you know the the little how to pronounce things before every podcast that I plan to talk about Albert O and it won't stick I'm sorry uh as a fellow hard last name person uh I I understand it but what do we think the prospect of Albert O is because he's a guy that we've recently seen um fly up the draft boards in, in dynasty leagues a little bit with the prospect of Noah Fant leaving town, um, you know, as a backup 
last season, had 330 receiving yards, two touchdowns, nothing to write home about whatsoever. But, I mean, with Jerry Judy, with Tim Patrick, with Cortland Sutton, like, are they really uh, in a place where they're missing that tight end, at least from a receiving perspective? Um, And can Albert O fill that blocking role that they need from a tight end? Because if he can, I don't think they need to look there in the draft. Yeah, I think the sweet spot for tight ends, honestly, is probably the third round with, you know, Denver picking at the end of the second. It's probably somewhere in that range. Albert O specifically, I I don't know if he's going to be the blocker, right? Like, I think he has more of a role as like an off-ball tight end. Um, I'm I'm thinking of, you know, Hackett's pass, like Josiah DeGuara is being used like that. Like, I, I wouldn't expect a ton of production out of him but he certainly can play just super athlete um the interesting thing is there's for some reason people think tackle is a really big need for the Denver Broncos and obviously Garrett Bowles is playing left tackle he's developed into a a great you know blindside bookend for them they just signed Billy Turner Billy Turner was a guy that like Aaron Rodgers was vocally trying to get into the Pro Bowl last year and I don't really understand why you know after his signing people still think that they need another bookend Yeah, and it does feel like there in the second round, that is prime, like, guard territory, right? Like, Mm -hmm. if if there's an offensive guard that you have on your board that you really like, and that's still a need there for them. It just, the Broncos do seem like they've got less holes, I I think. Like, less glaring holes than the Chiefs and the Chargers right now, where it's like, their offense, if everything clicks and, and Russell is who you think Russell is and these wide receivers pan out and everybody's healthy and stuff, like their offense should be really good. So I don't think that they need to address anything there other than that offensive line. So maybe it is just offensive guard and, yeah, tight ends you can always get third, fourth round, and so they address that there, and we'll see how it plays out. Uh, I, I just think that their, their goal has to be just – Get Russell Wilson protection because that was always like the knock in Seattle is his offensive lines weren't great. Some of that's on Russell because he just eats a lot of sacks with his style of play. But I I think that is probably where they wind up going there uh, along the offensive line. The Las Vegas Raiders, they also need some guard help, could use another tackle. They definitely need another wide receiver, but their first pick doesn't come until number 86 overall in the third round. It's, you know, wide receivers, you have Devontae Adams, you have Hunter Renfro, you have Darren Waller is one of the best pass catching tight ends in the NFL. But then after that, it's Brian Edwards. And and I don't know how confident we really are in Brian Edwards. So maybe wide receiver is where they try to go with their top pick in the third round. I also think that they could be looking to possibly change things up with Josh Jacobs, who's a former first round running back who has shown some promise in the NFL, but necessarily hasn't hasn't given you that return on the first round pick that you would want out of a running back. And he's coming off of a down year. So maybe the Raiders take this as an opportunity to say we could, you know, we we could improve our backfield a little bit by, by taking a running back in the third round. I'm not sold on that. I'm, I'm, you know what, this is like the most boring conference really, or the most boring division in football. Cause I just look at these teams and I'm just thinking I like from a draft perspective, to be clear, Cause I'm looking at the teams and I'm just like, yeah, there's just not enough holes there within the team. I mean, Josh Jacobs for the fact that he's been, uh, you know, perceived as being so disappointing so far in his career. I actually think he's vetted a very nice return considering the, the 
kind of a situation they were all operating in. Um, you know, they, they definitely made it work with the tools that they had. Uh, but I, I mean, we're seeing production from Josh Jacobs. It's just not necessarily the flashiest of production uh, profiles, I would say. Um, he's just not a super exciting name to talk about, but um, I, I still think the talent is there. Um, I, I think Josh Jacobs is pretty fantastic um, as a, as a solid rusher. I think that the weapons they add in the receiving game can only help him out there. Yeah. And with Amir Abdullah there too, he's going to return, um, you know, be involved in the return game. Kenyon Drake is a solid running back. I don't, I don't know if they necessarily go running back here, but you're right in terms of, you know, they don't have that many holes. It's a pretty open-ended uh, selection at this point. You know, who knows who's going to be on the board at 86. Interior offensive line is really a spot that they could help themselves a lot with if, if they take someone there because that's kind of – you're talking third-round pick. Like, that's kind of your last shot at getting, like, a rookie starter type of situation um, realistically outside of, you know, character concerns and injury concerns and stuff. So I would think it leans to interior offensive line, but it's pretty open-ended. From, from my point of view. Yeah, I, I could see them going there as well. I, I just feel like Josh McDaniels and the Raiders are kind of looking at this season like, we got to compete against all these other quarterbacks in this division, and we've seen Derek Carr be good when everything around him is working. So maybe this draft, since they don't have a pick until the third round, maybe it's all about just getting Derek Carr as many options as possible and, and we'll figure the rest out later because we should have one of the better pass rushes in the NFL and, and we've upgraded all over the place. So I, I think probably offensive guard is the way to go, but I, I am curious to see how, how Josh McDaniels uh, does in his first draft as the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. So we'll, we'll see how things pan out uh, on draft weekend for Las Vegas, but Let's take a quick time out right here, and when we get back, we will go through the entire NFC West, discuss their needs, and some players we'd like to see land in that tough division. That's coming up next on NFL Reacts. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Welcome back into NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride, joined as always by Kate Majuk of DK Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. We begin with the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. They've got some needs, but uh, of course, in typical Rams fashion, not a lot of draft capital. Uh, they need another edge rusher after they lost Von Miller. They still, of course, have Aaron Donald, who is going to help anybody that you have on the outside. Uh, they could use another cornerback. They could use some offensive line help. Um, but offensively, they really don't have a lot of holes on this roster. They still look like they are primed and ready to be one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL next season. Their first pick doesn't come until number 104 in the third round. So uh, I'm curious how you guys are, are viewing the Rams after their free agent signings. Obviously, they bring in Bobby Wagner. They bring in Allen Robinson, who... I'm still really high on even after a down year, but 
how much can the Rams like legitimately improve their roster that feels like it's Super Bowl ready right now? I, I don't think there's a ton in this draft class that's going to move the needle for the Rams. Um, and it's not just because they don't pick until a, a bit later here. This is just a very ready team. I mean, they're they're coming off a Super Bowl win, but um, you know they they had a couple of losses um, in terms of uh, you know players on defense, but they picked up Bobby Wagner that I think is just such a huge huge win. I they have Cam Akers in the run game. Hopefully, with more time out from that Achilles injury, he's going to be set. You've got your quarterback. You've got your receiving assets. I just don't think there's much here that's going to move the needle for this team um, in at least this immediate point in time. I I have a hot take, and this might end up looking terrible within a year. I love that. I love hot takes that end up looking terrible, but I want to hear this. I think they should take a running back with this top pick. Wow. I really do. I mean, Cam Akers, we saw him in the playoffs. He wasn't able to do anything. He's coming off of an Achilles injury. I I, I bet all the Daryl Henderson props in the Super Bowl. Lost every single one of them, even though the the Rams won. Henderson is on his final year of his rookie contract. They're probably not going to pay him a second deal. We we see these backup running backs hit the open market, you know, consistently. Last year, Sean McVay wasn't able to run like the quote-unquote Sean McVay offense. They were in the gun the entire time. And Matthew Stafford, you know, credit to him, did a very good job when he was healthy. But if they want to get back to kind of that that training wheels type of like outside zone duo, uh, be able to use play action frequently offense, like they're going to have to get a different running back to do it. Because I don't know if any linebacker in the league right now is worried about this backfield of Cam Akers and the three carries that they're going to give Daryl Henderson. It does feel like a Rams pick, like first pick in the third round is a running back. They you know, took Cam Akers. He was a second round pick. Daryl Henderson was a third round pick. It, it feels like a Sean McVay uh, selection there. And I actually, I don't know if I think that's such a hot take. Um, I, I was kind of disappointed with Cam Akers, but I also think it's unreasonable to be disappointed with Cam Akers. That, is, that entire playoff run, I was just like, wow, he like can't play right now. Yeah, like, he it, can't do it. It's just coming off an Achilles he has injury. A, he has a big injury, but there's always a question. I mean, Achilles injury, right, is like the the one like bugaboo injury at this point, you know, in the NFL. If guys are coming off of ACL tears like it's nothing, you know, from a from a spring injury to playing midseason. Achilles is the one that you're actually like worried about for like in terms of long term career growth. Yeah, and I know there's some numbers that suggest like running backs who suffer early career Achilles injuries, especially like tend to just not come back the same players and maybe they just can't get that explosiveness back. I just the dude came back like in basically in the same calendar year from an Achilles tear and and was able to play on a Super Bowl team. So while I was a little disappointed with his performance down the playoff stretch, I also think it's just like unreasonable for me to be like why aren't you looking like one of the top five running backs of the nfl right now when he came back that quick but yeah 2.6 yards per carry yeah it 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 wasn't good it It wasn't it wasn't pretty it was not pretty I kept going back to the Cam Akers well and a lot of my DraftKings lineups uh down that Super Bowl stretch and it, it did not work out very well for me so yeah on a roster that doesn't need much and you know you're talking about they still need another edge player but it seems pretty unlikely you're going to find a day one contributor 
at edge in the third round. Like it's well, at we that might point, see three edge rushers go off in the first three picks. Like edge rushers yeah. are quarterbacks. If you draft one in the third round, that's a that's a great way to get a terrible return on investment. Just generally, <laughs> maybe there's a guy there. I mean, who knows? But in general, th- there's not that many guys drafted outside of like the top forty-five who are good edge rushers. Yeah. So at that point, it's just draft guys who can get on the field and maybe make plays for us. So maybe it is a running back there for the Los Angeles Rams. The Arizona Cardinals, uh, they've got quite a few needs. I'm not really sure what the Cardinals are doing this offseason. Like the Saints and Chargers, the Cardinals could really use some offensive line help at 23. I I think it's kind of hard to assume that you're going to get one of the top tackles or something like that, that late in the first round, uh, they need another offensive guard. They need help on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, they, they lost Chandler Jones, but they still have aging JJ Watt. So we'll see how that works out for the Arizona Cardinals. They just haven't done much in free agency. They retain Zach Ertz. Uh, they brought back James Connor, but other than that made very little noise. They lost Christian Kirk. So, at 23, I, I'm feeling like they need another wide receiver here, and I, I feel like we keep coming back to that, but the Arizona Cardinals feel like they got to get some playmakers, and we've already dissected Kyler Murray this offseason and how it seems like he's already unhappy with the team. Yeah, I do think they definitely need some playmakers. Rondell Moore, um, the, the concern for me with him coming out of school is that they used him uh, so closely to the line, and guess what? That's literally how the the Cardinals ended up using him Uh, 64 targets 435 receiving yards and a touchdown in his first season Um, among uh, wide receivers with 50 or more targets he ranked 88th out of 89 wide receivers in yards per reception that is no bueno he had 50 percent of his targets on screen passes which is the fourth highest rate among any wide receiver in the NFL um, they need somebody that can do damage beyond the line of scrimmage. And I worry that uh, based on the way that we saw them utilize Rondale Moore, that they're not certain Moore is the guy that is going to do the damage downfield. And this is right at the end of the range where a wide receiver might kind of be available who can who can run, right? Traylon Burks is obviously a good wide receiver, but he's not really a guy who can run like that. So maybe... Maybe a Chris Olave, maybe a, a Jamison Williams because of the ACL is still available, but that's kind of the tail end of this. Um, in terms of their needs, the trenches are really big needs for them on both sides of the ball, right? Like you guys already mentioned, you know, offensive line outside of, outside of you know Rodney Hudson on the interior, um, it's kind of question marks across the board. Like Will Hernandez signed, but he basically signed for like the veteran minimum there, and then on the defensive front, like. J.J. Watt is going to have to earn himself, you know, a good portion of that paycheck kind of doing it by himself right now as it stands today. So we'll we'll see what ends up happening there. I could see them going with the edge rusher or potentially like even an interior guy, honestly, just to kind of free some stuff up because they have so many guys on that back end of the defense, right, where they're just able to run sideline to sideline. And, you know, they got these versatile guys who can kind of play any position, kind of play positionless defense. But up front, it's it's not looking good. Yeah, I I do love Rondell Moore as a player, and and I'm hoping that Cliff figures out a way to utilize him and try to utilize like his explosiveness a little bit more than they did last year. It's just they need playmakers, and it it feels like this roster has taken a step back compared to where they were last season. Like 
There's, well, hey, everyone got an extension, and Kyler's about to get fifty million a year yeah. or whatever, right? Like we're talking about a team that was the last undefeated team in the NFL, and then down the back half of the season, they were a total afterthought. And then we got to the playoffs, and it was the same thing. Like, just looked like they had no business being there. And I feel like for the makeup of that roster, like that season was their window. And now it's kind of like we well, have an aging DeAndre Hopkins who. Is still really good when he's healthy, but he's older and he's started to have the injuries piled up. And you have a question mark in Rondale Moore that you don't know. You have a veteran running back in James Conner. Like, there's just not a lot to love uh, about Kyler Murray's situation and, and the situation that the Arizona Cardinals find themselves in. But we'll see where they go. I, I think they probably do need to beef up that offensive line. Maybe they can actually keep Kyler healthy for an entire regular season for once. Uh, it seems like that would be a good strategy for Cliff. The San Francisco 49ers, uh, this is another team, very few holes on the Niners. Like I still think, and last year I picked them as my preseason NFC Super Bowl team, and I know they went through some growing pains last season. I think a lot of that had to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. This team, when they stay healthy, they are still very, very talented, and they've got a lot of playmakers for Trey Lance or Jimmy G, whoever winds up being the quarterback uh, week one of the NFL season. Cause it seems like right now it could still be Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, they don't have a first round pick. Their first pick doesn't come until number 61 overall in the second round without having that first round pick and Jimmy G still being on the roster. And I know the shoulder surgery is playing into that. Is there a chance we see a, a team take a stab at like trying to acquire Jimmy G and giving the Niners an opportunity to try to move up on draft day? I, I definitely think that they, you know, for all the the narrative that we've heard here um, from the 49ers, I mean, it's been such a roller coaster. Shout out to 49ers fans because you must be going out of your mind listening to the back and forth about Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he's kind of like the ultimate draft day pawn for me. Um, I don't know how much they're going to get, especially with the concerns about the shoulder and the injury and all that. But um, I, I do think that that's sort of that that's the ultimate time to leverage your position as a team that has a pretty capable starter. Um, like I'm not going to wave his praises, but he's a capable starting quarterback. Um, and this is the time to, to leverage that trade. Now, uh, something other uh, otherwise worth mentioning is Debo Samuel. He stripped his social media uh, of all references of 49ers. Um, he seems as though he wants a deal and he wants to get some some of this money that's been passed around. I mean, what if they're able to deal Jimmy Garoppolo for, uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo plus something back uh, and maybe they get an opportunity to draft another wide receiver. Is that totally backwards? Is that, is there any chance in the world that that happens? I think so. I mean, if the Debo contract dispute is happening like that, I mean, we've seen what three major deals recently for wide receivers and two of them came via trades. I don't think we could discount it. I, I know people probably like aren't happy They They think it's probably like annoying that, you know, wide receivers are, are just scrubbing their social media of team references and stuff. And they're like, wow, the writers are writing about it. Well, that's why they're doing it. Like, this is their, you know, less than subtle way of, of trying to gain attention on the fact that they're, they're having a contract dispute and trying to get the fans alerted of that. So, so some of that smoke starts building. 
In terms of Jimmy Garoppolo landing spot, I think the one team you have to circle is the Carolina Panthers. They keep pushing money into the future for whatever reason in terms of the cap space. Like they converted uh, Christian, McCar- Christian McCaffrey's salary into a signing bonus, which I don't think is a good idea at all. But for whatever reason, they're creating cap space for now. But they're just sitting on it. They have thir- they have thirty one million in cap space right now, about ten million dollars more than any other team other than the Houston Texans. If there's one team that can take on that contract, it's probably Carolina. Yeah, I, I think that would make the most sense for Jimmy G. And sidebar conversation here: you guys are going to get Chiefs fans worked up thinking that they're going to trade for Debo Samuel. I've already seen it. <laughs> it's already going around. Last week it was Brandon Ayuk, who I don't even think has been mentioned at all in trade talks. Chiefs fans were just like, let's just go trade for this guy and maybe they'll they'll trade him to us. Like Brandon Ayuk's a young, talented wide receiver. I don't know why the 49ers would want to move Packers Packers fans with Keenan Allen and Terry McLaurin. They're just like, hey, that's a guy. Sal, I gotta I gotta (laughs) keep talking to my AP guys. Like, no, you can't do a write-up on Debo Samuel. There's no reason for it. It's total (laughs) speculation. There is no nothing saying that the 49ers are interested in trading Debo Samuel right now. But this team, I think what one thing that the Niners have done really well is they don't draft necessarily for need all the time. They're just drafting guys that they view as that guy's got an athletic profile that we like and he can possibly contribute in our system. And I think that's something they've been really good at the last several years, which is why their roster is so loaded with talent. So I don't think that they're necessarily a, a team that is just going to reach on a guy and with that pick in the second round they could be looking at a corner they definitely still need help there it seems like they've had a kind of rotation there for several years now of just kind of plugging and playing veterans they brought in Charvarius Ward who's a former chief who has been a really solid corner but he's not a number one or anything like that so that could be something that they look at there as well but of course another wide receiver there would be intriguing with that loaded offense so Always curious to see what the 49ers are doing. Our final team, the Seattle Seahawks. They have the number nine overall pick in the draft. That was obviously part of that Russell Wilson trade. They clearly need a quarterback, but on a roster that is, in my opinion, no way ready to compete right now, whether it's Drew Locke or a rookie quarterback. um, I, I just think that they have so many holes on this team that it's like, you mentioned earlier, Justice, that they have a big need at offensive tackle. Their offensive line is very bad right now. If they I mean, they need two it. tackles. Like yeah, it's like, not even they need one. They Stone Forsyth is the only tackle whose name I even recognize on the roster, and he was a sixth round pick last year. Not yeah. not not a great start. Yeah, if they go into the regular season with their offensive line the way that it is right now, it's got a good chance of being the worst offensive line in football. And then you talk about a, a quarterback like Drew Locke. It's shaping up to look like the Seattle Seahawks could be one of the worst teams in the NFL next season. So this is a team that's in a major rebuild. And so in that circumstance, number nine overall pick, I think you just got to grab that offensive tackle and hope that that guy winds up becoming your your cornerstone offensive lineman for the foreseeable future. And then maybe you're still really bad this upcoming season and you can get a quarterback next year. Yeah, I agree with Evan Neal, Iki Ukwanu. I think they're probably going to go before that pick, but Charles Cross is probably the one that everyone has circled. Maybe a team trades up in, in this draft class and says, you know, hey, we're picking at 12 or something and and the 12th overall pick isn't valued like it used to be. We just need to jump the, the Seattle Seahawks so we can get an offensive lineman. Maybe that then changes the calculus there and Seattle goes a different direction. But 
on, on paper, they should be looking at, at tackle first and foremost. The, the second round picks are interesting to me because they pick at 40 and 41. If there's still a quarterback there, like a Matt Corral or uh, uh, Desmond Ritter, maybe that's when they take the swing and they say, hey, we're going to put him in a room with Drew Locke. We're going to break the cue stick across our leg and and lock the door. And whoever survives, like that's the starting quarterback. <laughs> right? I've, uh, I've never envisioned like a quarterback's room, uh, this, this like uh, testosterone filled, but I guess – uh, maybe I need to get more creative in my imagination and what I'm picturing goes on in the behind the scenes at some of these NFL facilities. Cause I, I don't know. I, can we just get Drew Locke, uh, and like a Desmond Ritter in some sort of MMA kind of octagon ring and just see, see what happens. I, I think Ritter's the one who Ritter's probably a little calmer, but Matt Corral was probably the one who would actually fight him. Right. <laughs> Corral, Corral got kicked out of a high school because he punched Wayne Gretzky's kid in the face. So Corral's so, probably the one to use the, the pool cue. Just straight up Dark Knight style, like break the pool cue, <laughs> fight, fight to the death for, for the starting quarterback position of the Seattle Seahawks. Um, before we get out of here, though, I did want to ask you guys, obviously the Seahawks still have Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, two really talented wide receivers. And if we believe anything they say, which we probably shouldn't believe them because they're saying the same thing about Russell Wilson before they traded him. um, They want to hang on to both of those players. Like, obviously, they're going to take a huge fantasy hit as we head into our fantasy drafts and stuff like that with Drew Locke as their starting quarterback. But is there any scenario where in this draft they could salvage the fantasy upside of those two players? Or are we just avoiding Seattle next season? I don't think you need to necessarily avoid like, I mean, DK Metcalf is a guy we saw be productive um, and, and heavily utilized with Geno Smith. Like, I, I don't think they need top tier uh, arm talent to necessarily be um, like the focal points of their offense and make their offenses better. Cause both of like these two wide receivers specifically um, I think are one of the best duos in the NFL and probably one of the most underrated duos in the NFL. Um, if Tyler Lockett, especially cause like DK Metcalf, I think has the, the higher name value, but like Tyler Lockett is a guy that I think is going to probably be on a lot of my rosters in 2022, just because of the perceived value there that he might not be productive with, um, you know, a less talented arm undertow. And I, I think he, he could, still do it i think ritter is my favorite quarterback for playing immediately and even then yes. i don't I, I don't think i don't think it would improve um you know dk and lockett's stock that much this year i mean lock is still a guy who's going to throw the ball deep right i mean that's kind of what's hurt him down the stretch but it, it's not like with lockett and dk he's just going to turn down to check down charlie or something like that like they're still going to get their yards it's just it's going to come with some picks too, which is what's going to end up hurting Seattle. Yeah. I, and I, I think that's just how you have to approach it. Like, obviously if you get DK Metcalf at a massive discount in your fantasy drafts, like you're still going to take that guy because he's still got plenty of upside and he could still be a, a good player. And same goes for Tyler Lockett, but you just have to kind of reassess it and maybe not uh, take, grab one of those guys as early as he thought you would have when Russell Wilson was the quarterback. But I, I still think they could be, but 
Thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of NFL Reacts. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the SB Nation NFL show. You can find us on Apple and Spotify. You can also find us on YouTube. Uh, you can follow Kate on Twitter at FFBallBlast. You can follow Justice at J-U-M-O-S-Q. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. We will talk to you guys next week. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.